Welcome to All Villa, No Villa, a podcast about Aston Villa during a momentous week in football history. 12 clubs from across Europe, including the so-called Big Six from England, announced their intention to form a Super League before those ideas fell apart inside 48 hours after waves of criticism. I spoke to CBS sports reporter and Villa fan Jonathan Johnson about how the Super League fell apart, whether we've seen the end of it, and what it would have meant for Aston Villa. I started out by asking Jonathan if the Super League was the most shocking story he'd seen in football. No, I mean, obviously I've uh, uncovered, or sorry, I've covered a lot of uh, different events as they've uh, been unfolding over the years, notably things like the, the Paris attacks, but nothing quite as bizarre and unique, I guess I'd say, um, as this. Uh, I, I kind of joked about it on Twitter um, on the Tuesday night when, you know, the, the Super League was basically falling apart, sort of, you know, what was more memorable uh, being on Twitter and following, uh, you know, the the downfall of the Super League, or you know, being there, being there for Sami Nasri's drip doctors, uh, that kind of thing. And you know, there there are just some moments that are perfect for uh, you know social media, and this was one of them. Where there was just so much stuff happening all the time. It's you know, it was a constant feed over the course of about two or three hours uh, of updates every couple of minutes from a different camp, and it, you know, it was it was just. I think that amateurness of the uh, of of the project was exposed completely, you know, to the whole world. I don't think the audience could have been bigger to see those clubs fall flat on their face. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it was truly one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in anything sport news. Um, considering the number of incredibly wealthy individuals who just screwed it up, basically. Um, and and can you give us an idea of why those clubs all pulled out? I mean, I think, uh, you know, as soon as there was anything less than 100% conviction, uh, you know, that it would work, it, it, it immediately started to be doubts, you know. So I think as soon as there was the sign that there was some potential opposition from some other big European clubs, uh, you know, especially clubs who the invitation had been extended to, uh, you know, I think that was probably the beginning uh, of of a lot of the problems because I think that's when some of the clubs started to ask, okay, you know, are we sort of on the right side of this or or not? Mm. And that's you know when you started to see people backing out. And as soon as somebody does back out, or you know, say two two teams get in touch with one another and express the same doubts, as soon as that happened, uh, and obviously it did happen uh, over the space of the forty eight hours. You know, I think it was it was always bound to fail. Uh, mm. After that, obviously, some people have come out since uh, and been less apologetic than, than some of the others. Yeah. But, uh, you know, overall, I think that a lot of the clubs realized quite quickly that it was it was just something they were not going to be able to, to get off the ground now. Uh, you know, and I think that they also realized, you know, how rushed the, the whole thing was, how no strategy had been prepared, uh, you know, and they, and they were just left looking stupid for being part of it. Yeah, um, the ferocity of the response to it was really quite um, a, a, an amazing moment, I think, in football history. Um, uh, you know, if it had been successful and it had gone ahead, what do you think it could have meant for a team like Aston Villa? I mean, personally, I think it would have been a disaster, but what, what do you think about it? Yeah, obviously, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have been a positive thing. I mean, unless Villa were able to, say, get to the top of the domestic tree without... Uh, you know, the big six around and then perhaps earn an invitation every now and then to the Super League. But, 
you know, it takes it takes away from it, you know, to think about Villa, you know, winning a competition domestically at the moment that would mean getting past clubs like like some of the those big six that were involved, you know, the likes of City, the likes of United, the likes of Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea. Uh, and it, it's not attractive to, to think about Villa winning silverware, you know, without, you know, it coming at the expense of some of the other bigger clubs. So, no, look, uh, you know, and I, I hope that we can continue to, to strengthen because, you know, when you look at some of the clubs in the Premier League, uh, it's, you know, since we've come back uh, to the top flight, you know, we've started to show signs of real progress, uh, you know, mm. be turning turning ourselves around from being relegation threatened this time last year to sort of having been on the verge of, of challenging for Europe. I mean, you know, who knows with, a, with another summer like last summer, uh, you know, perhaps we would be able to challenge for, for European qualification next season. We'll have, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, there are still clubs in the Premier League who are, you know, improving, getting stronger and, and putting themselves in a position where they can challenge some of these clubs. And it's not, you know, it's not Villa's fault, uh, you know, that some of the clubs are as poorly run as, say, a, a Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, what they were thinking to, you know, to, to announce the Super League, to have done what they've done during COVID with the, with the government loan, uh, you know, and then to sack one of the highest paid coaches, uh, you know, a few days before a cup final. It, it's just madness. And it just shows just how poorly the club has been run. And I guess that probably is the biggest positive in all of this that's happened uh, in the Super League. It's exposed the clubs, uh, you know, who have good leadership because there are not many of them. Uh, and it's exp- it's exposed the the high number of them that, that have absolutely appalling ownership. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, one thing that has gone through is the new Champions League rules, which will include um, qualification via historical European performance rather than league position. Um, again, could that really be an issue for Aston Villa going forward? Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. It shouldn't be considering that Villa have titles to their name mm-hmm. in Europe that other clubs, you know, who have competed over the last couple of years don't have. Uh, you know, I know that there's been a lot of, uh, you know, the, this word's been bandied about the last couple of days and I really don't like it. Legacy, legacy uh, fans, legacy clubs. Yeah. It, you know, it's an, it's an awful term, but I don't think that, you know, clubs that do have history, uh, you know, should be, you know, prohibited from, I mean, it would be ridiculous to think that a club could, could, you know, in theory qualify for the Champions League, but would then have to sustain that success over a number of seasons before they're allowed into, or, you know, to sit at the top table. It's, it's just, it's madness, you know, and I think that is why, you know, one of the most positive things about, uh, you know, um, guys like Nasser Al-Halafi, uh, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, uh, you know, sort of getting these uh, powerful positions within the UEFA, uh, executive committee now because they're guys who do champion uh, you know the the ability to have you know some of these lesser sides or so-called lesser sides uh, you know competing at the at the highest level in Europe. Yeah a, a really well made point and I've got just a couple more questions um, if you have time. Um, Dean Smith gave a very powerful press conference I thought criticizing the proposals and the Villa Club statement was very strong as well it called it a sinister scheme the Super League and it also said it, it was going to pursue punitive actions against the clubs that uh, tried to leave um, do you think punishments are likely I think they're very likely and I, I welcome them I think you know the clubs have to be punished if they were to get away with a slap on the wrist uh, you know the, 
then there will be, you know, absolutely nothing to deter them from trying the same thing, say, uh, you know, at the end of this, uh, this coming season, this next season. Uh, you know, and I think as well, the particular position that Villa are in with somebody like Perslow, uh, you know, playing such a big role is he knows some of the people involved in this. And I think that's probably why Villa, uh, you know, will seek to, to take some sort of action because, you know, it's not just uh, sort of like a, a faceless betrayal in, in some of these uh, examples in some of these cases. Uh, you know, it's, you know, people like him, you know, being betrayed by people that he used to work for, uh, you know, people that, you know, uh, clubs like Villa are supposed to to trust, uh, you know, to, to make decisions uh, or to contribute towards decisions that are taken in the league's best interest. And it's very clear, uh, you know, as far as the Premier League goes, that there are six clubs that don't have the same interests at heart uh, as the remaining clubs in the league. Hmm. And um, do you think this is the last we'll see of the Super League or should we expect something else down the road? Well, I don't think it's the last that we'll see, we'll see of it. Uh, you know, and I'm sure that at some point in the future, it probably will see the light of day. Uh, but I do think that uh, you know, it will have to change a lot uh, in order for that to happen. But the fact that we now know that it exists, the proposal exists, and the fact that uh, the likes of Agnelli and Perez were so unapologetic about their actions suggests that they will try again at some point in the future, uh, unless they're taken out of their powerful positions. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll just have to hope that, uh, you know, they they get deterred from it, uh, you know, and that prevents us from, from being in a situation where it comes into being anytime soon. Yeah, and as a final question, I know you cover a lot of French football, and one team that really stuck out to me was uh, PSG, who didn't sign up to it. So have they played a blinder in all this, along with a team like Bayern Munich, by not signing up? Are they now UEFA's darlings? I mean, I don't think necessarily that they've played a blinder in terms of the fact that they'll be exempt uh, you know, from, the, from the same measures uh, as, as other clubs moving forward. But I do think that they have shown uh, PSG and Bayern they're two of the better-run clubs in Europe. They're obviously, you know, they have some very smart uh, operators at the top, people who won't jump into a situation like a Super League, uh, you know, without having, you know, poured over all of the details. And I think it, it actually, this shows how much PSG have matured and evolved um, during the time that they've been owned by the Qataris because we've seen PSG struggling with financial fair play in the past. Uh, you know, where they've been punished quite often. And obviously, they've learned a lot from those experiences, uh, you know, and, you know, it's actually turned them into, you know, one of the elite clubs now. You know, we're looking at them in a, a second consecutive Champions League semi-final. Obviously, we know that they were beaten finalists last year as well. Uh, you know, and I think it speaks volumes about, uh, you know, how their behaviour befits uh, you know, a, a proper European powerhouse these days, whereas you've got the likes of, you know, your Arsenals and Tottenham's who are kind of wearing clothes that are a few sizes too big for them by being part of the Super League because we know that they're not, you know, of the same calibre as a, as a Bayern Munich or a Paris Saint-Germain. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jonathan. That was, uh, that was great to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Speak soon. Speak soon. Thank you. And thank you for listening. You'll hear from me, George and Roisin in our next show where we review the West Brom game. Come on, Villa, let's beat the baggies. Mm-hmm.